Welcome to the Rational Horizon Podcast, a secular voice in the valley. This podcast is sponsored by the Central Valley Alliance of Atheists and Skeptics. You can learn more about us at cvaas.org. Hey, this is Mark. We're going to do something a little different today. Last week, I had a conversation with a couple of my friends, Jess and Jordan. I've known these two people for years now, and I've always been impressed with their strength and their warmth. But we've never really discussed their journey to become true to themselves. Jess and Jordan Fitzpatrick are two of several speakers that CVAS has invited to our ninth annual Heretics Barbecue, which is happening on Saturday, October 29th. This year at the barbecue, we will be discussing what it means to have liberty and what it means to seek equality and justice between each other and our society. This topic is especially important to Jess and Jordan, who are both transsexual. They agreed to help me try to understand what that means in today's society. We've also invited their friend Rain to help out. So let's start with my friend Jess. Uh, my name is Jess Fitzpatrick, and I am a transsexual male. That means I was um, declared female at birth, and I am currently going through hormone and eventual surgical treatments to correct that birth defect. I am also the vice chair of Trans Emotion, and I'm also now a board member of the Lavender Convention. And yeah, that, that's those are the big ones. During our conversation, I was struck with the importance of terminology. Jess calls himself a transsexual, which indicates those who transition from one sex to another. The word transgender is a broader term that includes those who have a gender identity that is not that of the gender identity that was assigned to them at birth. Now, here's Jordan. Hi, I'm Jordan Fitzpatrick. I'm a female-to-male transsexual also, and I also identify as pansexual. I'm the social media coordinator of Transmotion, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Jordan and Jess were married just last month. This didn't surprise me at all since they've been inseparable since I've known them. The term pansexual that Jordan used might be described as gender-blind. To a pansexual person, gender or sex are just irrelevant to sexual attraction. Now I'll introduce Rain. Hi, my name is Rain Chamberlain. I'm a non-binary trans person, which means that I don't identify as either male or female. Um, I use they-them pronouns. I... I'm also polyamorous and pansexual. I'm the secretary of Trans Emotion, and I take part in a lot of the education, planning, and um, outreach 
for the trans community. So Rain added another term, polyamorous. Polyamory is the practice of non-monogamous relationships in a mutually consensual and responsible manner. Polyamorous relationships are varied, and it is estimated that 4 or 5% of Americans have a consensual, non-monogamous relationship. CVAS has been working with the LGBT community in the Central Valley since our formation. We support the community by attending their functions and inviting them to ours, and by being a safe environment for individuals. The trans community in Fresno also has its own support network called Trans Emotion. Trans Emotion is a Fresno-based education and support group for the transgender community. We provide socials and support groups for our community. We help them find uh, medical resources, legal resources. We also educate businesses like rape crisis centers or medical communities on transgender issues, uh, how to treat their, their patients or their clients as transgender individuals. We also put on two major events One is Transgender Day of Remembrance, which is a memorial for those in our community who have died through hate crimes or been lost to suicide. Also Trans Day Visibility, where we get the community together to see the talents and the skills that are very abundant in our community. So it's a celebration of our community. So you said uh, that Trans Emotion is a Fresno-based organization. I mm-hmm. was under the impression that it was nationally. Wow, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we give you that impression. <laughs> uh, but we know it started in Fresno about 10 years ago. We're actually looking to expand into Visalia. We're looking at starting a, a, a new chapter of Trans Emotion out there. But yeah, no, this, it's, it's all Fresno. I'll provide contact information to Trans Emotion at the end of this podcast. Jess also told me about this other group called the Lavender Convention. The Lavender Convention is basically trying to get different faith-based communities together to learn and even accept the LGBT community. And it's not just faith-based, it's any sort of, you know, including atheists and skeptics. But it's just basically to bring these people to the table who maybe for a very long time have not looked to include lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender people and to start that conversation with them. They have held two conventions in the past. They didn't do it this past year, um, but they're hoping to do it next year. Is the Lavender Convention a local organization? It is. Okay. Yes. So what is it like coming out as transgender? I asked everyone. Here's Rain. When I was 27, this was a few months before I came out, I didn't know what a trans person was at all. The only language I'd ever heard that suggested anything about trans people was a few distinct, very bigoted slurs about trans women. 
but I had no idea that um, trans women could be legitimate. I had no idea that trans men existed. I certainly didn't know that non-binary people existed. I did know that I had never been comfortable with the way society treated me. Even though I didn't know the word dysphoria, I did know that I had top dysphoria, that my mammary glands bothered me extremely and that I had always wanted them gone at any cost. I had even tried to transition on a aesthetic and social level previously and ended up coming up against people not being okay with it and decided to not go forward with it. But at that point, I cut off all my hair and started dressing more masculinely. And when I finally did come out, I was met with a lot of disbelief. A lot of people that were close to me that are okay with LGBT people, but looked at me and said, you're not what I would think of when I think of a trans person. Therefore, you can't be what you say you are. And here's Jordan. I um, actually never heard the word transgender until I was about 17 years old. Before then, I thought my only option was to be a butch lesbian. And that was problematic because I'm not butch in any way. Um, (laughs) And while I am attracted to some women, that's not all that I'm attracted to. When I first started researching transgender people, back then, um, we're talking 2000, uh, about 2005, 2006, the only thing I could find on the internet was Wikipedia articles and porn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that made my confusion even more so. And, uh, and forget finding anything about trans men. Yeah. It was all, you know, trans, trans women. women as sex objects. As yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And also, like Rain, when I first came out, I thought that I had to be as macho as possible. I had, I thought I had to be straight in order to be seen as a quote-unquote real man. I feel like I've come out as every identity on the spectrum. Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've been a straight woman. I've been a bisexual woman. I've been a lesbian woman. I've been a bisexual man. I've been a gay man. I've been. <laughs> it's, it's, you're just kind of progressing. There, yeah. There's a scale or yeah. something. Yeah, I've tried on lots of different hats to try to see who I am, what identity fits best. Is um, this is this common in the community? Yes. Uh, yeah. Rain and Jordan both talked about how confusing it was to come out trans and how little information was available to them. Jess sums that up. You know, you would barely hear the word gay, and at least in my house and in my community, that was a slur. And so it took me finding out these things for myself. And of course, the internet also started to come along mm-hmm. in my teenage years. So I really learned uh, <laughs> much faster, probably than previous generations. Yes. And yeah, how did anyone do anything before I, the internet? I, 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 <laughs> yeah, so language, terminology and forms of address are very important to the trans community. Social norms have usually dictated a binary gender, but the reality is that gender is not necessarily fixed, and there is even a spectrum, not a binary, to sexual characteristics. The trans community is working toward language for all of this. I'm cisgender, and the only reason why I know that I'm cisgender is because I kind of pay attention to the LGBT community a little bit, and I understand that term. 
but I don't think I can define it. Can one of you define it for me? Uh, cisgender is a term that's used to describe someone who does not identify as transgender. Basically, they are satisfied with the way they were assigned at birth. What does cis stand for? Cis means the same side of in the same root language that trans means across. So transportation is where you physically move across locations. Transgender is where, at least in society standards, you move across gender. It doesn't necessarily mean that that you move. It just means that society's perception of you moves. So cisgender being on the same side means that the side of gender that society already saw you on is the one that you stay on. Wow. I would not have figured that out at all. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rain. I just realized you are two trans men and a... a, uh, NB. And and Rain. (laughs) The the term NB is a phonetic abbreviation of non-binary, and it replaces man or woman. It's N-B-E-N-B-Y. Ah, NB. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just thought you were saying, and me. Oh. <laughs> <That's you. laughs> what happens when you're trying to address a group? Um, I learned a couple of things here, too. Okay, so guys, did I just step in it again by calling you all guys? <laughs> uh, well, you know. Uh, you know, we have NB, NB, mm-hmm. right? We have NB, so I don't know how do i how do i work this it depends on the person and the best bet is to ask if you're talking to a general audience and you don't want to assume anything just avoid gendered uh labels altogether so instead of saying welcome ladies and gentlemen just say welcome we're going to get started here today okay so everyone (laughs) (laughs) there we go The problems with language led us to another discussion on the term passing. I learned that this term could be considered derogatory. Jordan, your transition process has gone very well. I think you pass very well. Um, geez, did I just step in it? Did I say something wrong? <laughs> well, well, the word, the word um, pass, pass is yes. kind of become a dirty word because yeah. the whole concept of passing, it's kind of like, what does that mean? You know, because that... You see, it, here, here I am. I don't even know. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, you know, that's good. It's good that you're trying to learn because there's a difference between trying to learn and just being malicious. And I, I think it's unfair because there's a lot of trans people that for various reasons can't transition like can't take hormones, can't have surgery for medical purposes, or they just don't want to, or they don't really feel comfortable with the surgeries that are available, or they feel like, oh, I only want this surgery, but not this one. Or or they're non-binary. Or they're non-binary, exactly. Uh, again, this falls into the whole thing about the binary system of male and female. There's not just male and female. There's not, not just masculine and feminine. And even in the cisgendered community, not all men look the same, not all women look the same. So how do you know what's what's passing? How do you pass as a man or a woman when all men and women look differently? Passing, I think, has become a dirty word. And I think it, it can be summarized into people who have a less obvious form of bigotry. It's their way of making transgender people disappear again. Transgender people are working toward a way to feel comfortable in their own bodies. 
They are trying to become true to their authentic self. To be true to your authentic self. That's what、um, has become sort of a rallying phrase when we talk about people who are starting their transition and, you know, maybe even further along in their transition. Because it's not about being a man or a woman, it's about being yourself. And it's not just about bodies and clothes either. It's about, it's about what I think my role in my relationships with the people around me and with the organizations that I interact with should be. And some people who are trans don't pass, don't try to pass, will never pass, don't care to pass, but they still want to be interacted with in a way that respects who they are. And that's important. So, how do you become true to yourself? You change your life, and you can change your life chemically, physically, and legally. What kind of physical changes are you looking for, and how do you do them? And where do you know when you're done? Well,、uh, like Rain was alluding to, everyone's process of transition can start differently and end differently. Um, it all depends on how they feel they need to transition in order to be their authentic selves. So, some will choose to do hormone therapy. For someone like me, who is going from female to male, I take testosterone. I take it、uh, once a week. My my spouse gives me an injection because I am terrified of needles. So, and that helps, that deepens my voice. I grow a little furrier. And I also dealt with some changes in、uh, like how I deal with certain things. Like, I'm, I'm more easily frustrated and more prone to get angry faster than I used to.、Uh, also, when I first started testosterone, I had a whole new level of empathy. For prepubescent boys just starting to come of age and get those hormone washes and be horny all of the time, I had no idea how difficult it was as an adult to deal with those sudden changes. So I, I, it definitely gave me an insight into my peers.、Um, So, for those who are assigned male at birth and who are transitioning to female, they'll take estrogen.、Um, they can be in pill form, they can be injected, and they will go through a softening of the features. They will also see a shift in how fat is displaced throughout the body. Um, um, there's more hormones than just those two. Many times, people who are wanting to get rid of the testosterone in their system will take an anti androgen. There's progesterone that can be taken,、um, and there's different ways to, to take the different things as well. There's also、um, there's estrogen blockers for primarily for people who are younger, like teenagers that want to wait to go through puberty that have estrogen naturally. But they're not quite ready to go through a testosterone based puberty yet. And then, ways to take it can include injections. 
can include sublingual pills, which is where you put it under your tongue and let it dissolve, which for estrogen, usually that's the case because it can't go straight through your liver. Spiro, which is a a testosterone blocker, can be taken by pill form. There's patches, there's gels. There's all sorts of different options for hormone replacement therapy, or HRT as it's come to be known in the community. And then there's the natural route where people who may find that they are allergic to maybe the oils that are with the uh, injections or if they find for some reason health-wise they're unable, there are more homeopathic uh, um, yes, um, uh, basically like the, they, they'll eat certain things that are supposedly higher in estrogen or testosterone. Um, they'll stay away from certain habits. They'll exercise. And then of course there's a lot more emphasis in sometimes, uh, in how they dress and maybe how they cut their hair in order to look more masculine or feminine if that's what they're trying to achieve so okay so so i'm gonna i'm gonna cut in real quick and say that as a bona fide skeptic i have a knee-jerk reaction to the word homeopathic (laughs) i know know, and that's not something i have tried and it's not something that i have looked much into so for those who really truly they have no other alternative this gives them uh, a sense that it works for them and it's doing something for them and it's not hurting them, then I, I really can't say, you know, that's a wrong thing to do. So after hormone therapy, what's next? Again, it all depends on the person. Um, not everyone chooses to go through surgery. For me personally, as a female to male transsexual, I've had a hysterectomy and I've had a uh, mastectomy, which is the top surgery, basically making my chest look more like a man's chest. I'm kind of on the fence as to whether or not I want to have the bottom surgery because for trans men, there aren't very good options. Um, Some people are satisfied with them, others aren't. And for trans men, the options are phalloplasty or meta- I think it's like medioid. Pla- I don't know. Man, it's, a really it's, a, weird... it's a long word. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, for trans women, the surgeries are basically the opposite. Um, there's the breast augmentation. There's facial feminization surgeries, shaving of the uh, trachea, also uh, vaginoplasty. I think that's all of them. I'm probably missing something. There's there's a there's a lot. There's yeah. it can basically be split up into categories. There's bottom surgery which focus on genitalia, which there's all sorts of different options there for either for any direction. There is the more um internal organs which focus on gonads and or uterus. There is top surgery which focuses on increasing or decreasing mammary glands. Um there's facial feminization surgeries which include facial surgeries and shaving of trachea and sometimes bringing the hairline forward. Sometimes the feminization surgeries can include a vocal cord alteration as well. Wow. So this sounds like a lot of trouble. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. What does your uh, medical insurance bills look like? 
Well, luckily in California, a lot of this is covered by insurance, depending on what type of insurance you have. Most insurance in California covers these surgeries, um, not all of them, but most of them. In other states, it's more difficult to get these surgeries. Um, so what about the gate- gatekeepers here in California? What um, were they like? Well, you have to, um, for some surgeries, you have to get letters from a therapist, and therapists may require you to wait a certain amount of time. You have to live as your preferred gender for an amount of time, um, as if you weren't doing that before. Sometimes you have to get um, another doctor to approve it. For instance, when I got my hysterectomy, um, the only reason I was able to get it was because I had endometriosis, not because I'm transgender. Um, I was 21 at the time, and I had to see two different psychiatrists, two different therapists, two different doctors, an OBGYN, um, and had the same conversation with all of them in order to get my hysterectomy. Wow. So, In California, it's supposed to be the law that insurances have to cover any treatment that will alleviate gender dysphoria, but you end up having to prove to everybody, it's including the insurance, and we all know how, how well insurance companies like to approve things, is mm. that you really do have gender dysphoria and that whatever the treatment is, is necessary for your gender dysphoria. Some doctors, some therapists, some insurance companies are better than others about handling that. The one major loophole would be that the VA is um, not covered under California law, they're covered under federal law, and so they are on a completely different set of rules. As of, say, six months ago, a year ago, um, surgeries were not covered for trans veterans under the VA insurance. It's interesting because they recently said that now it's okay for trans people to be in the military, whereas before it wasn't okay. So they're okay with us fighting in the military, but not for us to actually, you know, be comfortable in our bodies. Um, I have seen people argue anyone who wants to come into the bathroom, they have to go through the whole process to become the new binary that they are. If it says F on the birth certificate, they can get to go into the women's room. If it says M, they go into the men's room and we don't care how they got there. And they make it very, very black and white, very simple. How simple is it to be declared? It's uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell we're married or anything. <laughs> um, so the first step in getting your name and gender marker changed is to go to the courts. Um, May I also add that this is California. This is just okay, California. Okay, so it's different somewhere else. It's oh, different. Yes. It, it, each, it seems each state is different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... so I can only speak of the California process, um, which is a nightmare. Um, you go to um, the court. You fill out an application to get your name and gender marker changed. When I did it, you still had to publish this in a newspaper also for a period of 30 days. They've since changed that law. You no longer have to put your um, name and gender marker change in the newspaper. Wow. But- so you had to... An- at one time, you had to announce to everyone? Yes. Um, wow, that's you could, not embarrassing at all. You could choose yeah. which newspaper to have it posted in. Um, I had it posted in some newspaper up in, like, Reading or something like that, so no one that I know would ever see it. But <laughs> it's still, um, it's, it's, it was still a ridiculous thing that you had to go through. 
after that, you go to the court, um, the judge will ask you why you want to have your name and gender marker change, and you have to tell them, and then they will approve it. And um, then from there, in California, if you were born in California, you can have a new birth certificate issued to you with your new name and gender marker. However, in other states, they will not change your birth certificate, um, which makes it complicated because if you want it in order to change your um, driver's license or so, state so, ID, you also need to have your birth certificate changed. So, so wait a moment. You're saying that um, other states will not allow you to change your birth certificate? That's correct. So and like which states? I know for sure Idaho. Um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Um, there are quite a few that um, have varying rules of, okay, maybe you can get your name changed but not your gender on your birth certificate. Maybe you can do the opposite. Maybe you can't do either. Maybe you can, you know, there's, they, they all have very different rules, and most of them don't completely make sense, yeah. to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and there's a separate process for each form of identification. When you change your name and gender marker, it doesn't all happen at once. It's a very long frustrating, complicated process. So if if I were to change my gender marker on my birth certificate, it doesn't happen automatically on my driver's license? No. Correct. No, so you have to to do a separate process for your passport, for your social security card. Basically anything that you have to put your name and gender marker on, there's a process to change it. I've also recently found that when you go to check your credit score, um, all of your credit is still under your old name. If you go to the Social Security to change your Social Security card to reflect your new name, and you also have um, some sort of benefits coming from the Social Security office, such as Social Security or SSI or anything like that, they don't automatically update your benefits. You have to go in and update your benefits. Just because you got your medical insurance cards changed doesn't mean that your doctor's office has changed. Every single thing that your name and gender are on, and most of these places... They all have a protocol in place to change your last name. They're used to people changing their last names. They might have a protocol to change your whole name. Most of them do not yet have a protocol to change your gender, even on the binary. Certainly none of them on the, on to non-binary. So I did a, a little bit of research about this last month. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier that there are states that do not allow you to change your gender identity, period, on the birth certificate. But at least one of those states allowed you to change it on your driver's license. Um, a different state that I looked up um, would allow you to change the gender identity on your driver's license, but only after you had changed your gender identity on your birth certificate. So it occurred to me that if you were born in one state and you moved to another state, you just might be SOL. Yeah. Actually, uh Jordan has uh, shared an experience with a friend of his that was uh, born, again, I believe it was in Idaho, and relocated to California. Mm-hmm. And um, through his transition, um, he was unable to uh, change his birth certificate because that's against the law in Idaho. He was able to at least there get his driver's license because that's not needed that is not necessary but uh everything else was blocked to him because that birth certificate is you know kind of important when it comes to changing your uh, a lot of your information but it was also very interesting going through these different processes and seeing how incredibly complicated some of them are and how very simple 
others are. I was shocked at how easy it was to change my social security card. Really? Yes. It was literally, I just brought in the paperwork. Wow. And then they handed me a slip that says, okay, you'll get yours in two weeks. And then miraculously, it came even sooner than that. Yes. So I was blown away. I did not realize how easy that would be. I thought I was going to be the Labertine nightmare that the DMV was. (laughs) Well, you know, you you expect it, you know, you expect that from a government agency. Exactly. So whenever they're efficient, you fall over. Yeah. (laughs) In my my experience, when I tried to get my state ID, um, not my driver's license because i'm legally blind but to get my state id um i had to go to the dmv seven times before they would finally change my name and gender marker on my id card seven times yes it took six months from the time that i began the process with the dmv already having legally changed it with the courts already having changed it with social security to the final time that i went in that they then finally mailed me the the card In the process of that, I had huge financial issues because my Social Security and credit said one thing, and my ID said something else. And for the second half of that period, they because they had said that they were getting me a new ID, they had punched a hole in my old ID, so I didn't even have identification. This brings the question to mind, this must make it very difficult for a trans person to go and vote in those areas where, you know, they have... Um, voter ID law. During that six months, I moved houses. I was previously a permanent male voter. And so they won't forward that to a new address. So I moved houses. I did not have a valid ID, so I could not show up to a voting place last minute and say I don't have my absentee ballot. And that's here in California. Yes. So I was not able to vote in the primary because of the DMV. So in a state where where you can't change it on your birth certificate, you can't put it on your driver's license, mm-hmm. and you walk in and you present as male, but your driver's license says female. Does something go wrong? Do, do they allow you to vote? Is there something? In those states yeah. that these laws are enacted, they're enacted for the sole purpose of taking out demographics that are will not vote the way that they want people to vote. Basically, most minority communities in in those areas um, that have incredible voting power until you start putting up restrictions. Ain't necessarily so. It ain't necessarily Discrimination against the trans community is real, and it is very urgent. We can start with the most glaring discrimination legislation that has been introduced in at least seven states across America. This legislation would legally restrict transgender people to the use of bathrooms in accordance to their sexual assignment at birth. There was a bathroom scandal for transgender folks. Um, What has happened? Can someone explain that to me? All deep breath. (laughs) Um, Go ahead, Jordan. um, First of all, there's this myth that transgender people go into restrooms to attack people. Usually the myth that's brought up is there's a man in a dress that's going into a restroom to attack children or women. And this has never happened 
what usually happens is that a transgender person will be attacked by straight or cisgendered people in the bathroom just for using the restroom. And the bathroom bill is designed to try to keep transgender people from going into the restroom that they feel best fits their gender identity. And going into the restroom as a transgender person is scary anyway, even before all of that, because you're always wondering, well, is someone going to figure out that I'm trans? Is someone going to attack me? Do I look uh, male or female enough to go into this restroom and be safe? And now it's even more scary because now it's more on the radar in people's minds. Since this myth has been perpetuated and the argument against it was this has never really happened. Please show even one instance that this has really happened. There have been bigots who have pretended to make it happen. People that were extremists on the side that were saying that it was happening, that were men that would put on dresses, that were cisgender men to go into restrooms specifically to say, oh, look, it's happening. And that has just made the problem worse on everybody's side. I think the best way to solve this problem is to just make all bathrooms gender neutral. Well, I have seen gender neutral bathrooms in Japan. Um, They had the sinks up front, the urinals in the middle, and the stalls in the back. You know, not all Japanese bathrooms are this way. It's just uh, a couple that I've seen. But I've seen it work, and I didn't see anyone panicking over it. Always with a grain of salt. Jess and Jordan mentioned that the trans community also receives some discrimination from the lesbian and gay community. Jordan starts us off here. There's a lot of discrimination within the LGB community towards the trans community because not everyone in the LGB community is accepting or understands transgender people. You know, whenever I I say the LGBT community, I think of this happy group that's all together and they all know what they want. And it doesn't sound like that's the case. I wish it was. So much of our history are intricately tied with one another. Unfortunately, uh, as far as uh, the transsexual, transgender community, they're at least 40, 50 years behind in awareness and understanding and, of course, rights as where the LG part of the community stands right now. And that is because we have been pushed down We have been asked to remain quiet and out of the way because we're too controversial. Not everyone in the LGB community is accepting or understands transgender people. It's a bit like um, in the feminist movement how lesbians were called the... um, purple menace uh the lavender lavender menace, menace sorry lavender men- um, okay yes let's get the shade exactly sorry, right sorry <laughs> yeah, and, so. and it's and it's unfortunate that the trans community has been pushed aside and we've basically been told wait your turn because at the stonewall um riot riot yeah, yeah the person who threw the first brick was a trans woman of color one of the bigger controversies was with the uh recent stonewall movie they had a completely whitewashed white <laughs> gay young man uh throw the first brick and that caused a hailstorm on the internets and there you know there is still continued debate over who actually was there who actually started how it was started and the pushback um is usually from 
cis white gay men. It was all about the gay couples that wanted to get married. Forget about the people who don't fit into the mold of the stereotypical masculine or feminine. They couldn't be involved in that conversation or they weren't really showed. And so it continues. It continues. And I think, you know, with the trans community, we're having this fight with supposedly, yeah, supposedly the people of our community, our bigger community. And to your point, it is not a harmonious blend. We are not all equally being a part of the rainbow. We've heard about laws and other discrimination. Just how bad is discrimination against the trans community? Our community deals with an awful lot of harassment, discrimination, and violence. Um, It's more focused on trans women and even more so of trans women of color. Unfortunately, uh, our statistics are small. But even just looking at last year, when there was a very amazing effort to keep track of the trans people who were murdered, there was about 27 that we know of that were violently murdered in the U.S. Uh, in the United yeah. States in 2015, and it was about 22 of them were trans women of color. And that doesn't count the people that um, the news and the family all misgendered. That doesn't count the number of people that weren't out yet. And maybe they were still murdered for being trans because they were just starting the process because obviously they were in a situation where it wasn't safe. Um, We're actually about to do a vigil march for Casey Haggard, um, who was murdered last year, this coming Friday. Um, Murdered here in Fresno? That's correct. Last year. She was um, walking on Blackstone. We we assume um, towards the Gay Denny's, if you know where that is. Um, It's on uh, Blackstone and Shields. That's the one I eat at all the time. Well, (laughs) then you're going to a gay-friendly establishment. So anyway... It's all actually caught on a security video from uh, a local business. She was approached by a car. She talks with them, and one of them stabs her in the neck. Oh. And drives off. She then staggers out of frame, and she later dies on Blackstone a few hundred feet away from there. And she had tried flagging down cars. That was also in the video. And they had just drove past her. Oh, no. Yeah. People walked by, too. And it was made out to be that she was... A prostitute. uh, It was made out to be that she was a man in a dress. It was made out to be that she was a prostitute. It was made out to be all sorts of things. I had met her a few times, and she was none of those. Based on the video, it looked like she was offering to give them directions to somewhere they were asking her about. And even though all of this was on video... It's been almost a year, and they still haven't caught the murderer. I mean, we shouldn't have to be constantly on our guard just to not be killed. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you really want a larger audience to hear? I'm going to shamelessly promote facebook.com slash transemotion. We have a website, but it's under construction. Let's give them the website address, too. I believe it's transemotion.com. Mm-hmm. Is there the hyphens? I didn't think there was. Okay. No, actually, in the URL, there's no hyphens.
Um, Jess, do you have like an email address or a phone number that people could use? Absolutely. Transemotion, which is again all one. All uh, one word, no all hyphens. All one word, no hyphens at gmail.com. The hotline is for basically contacting Transemotion to get resources. It is not a suicide hotline. You know, if people need those resources, we can give those to them. But you're you're the first step to go to the next step. Correct. And, and that our, number is what? Our Marie? number is five five nine four six four five eight zero six, and that is both talk and text friendly. If I can say one thing, is that if you know someone who is a trans person who's just starting um, their their journey someone with questions, point them towards trans emotion, but, you know, even more so, ask them what they need. Be their friend, hear their story, and help them. Um, so everyone, I want to thank you all very much for educating this poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, and um, good night, everyone. Say good night. Good, good night. night. Thank you. Into heaven, don't snap if you're a CVAS member, you can listen to the full conversation that I had with Jess, Jordan, and Rain. Just check out the members section of our website at cvaas.org. Thanks for downloading. Methuselah lived 900 years. Oh, Methuselah lived 900 years. But who calls that living when no gal gon' give in to no man was Music provided by Joey Fabian. You can find more of his music by looking for Joey Fabian on iTunes. I'm preaching the sermon to show. Hey, this is Jonathan Colton, and you're listening to a podcast released under a Creative Commons license. CC, baby. Check it out. I ain't necessarily so.